What's up, everybody? We are back with another episode of the Compassionate Viking Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Stanaway, and today's episode was fucking awesome. I had the pleasure of meeting up with my buddy Bill, who is a black belt at Cascade Jiu-Jitsu in Everett, Washington. He comes over to our gym on Fridays sometimes and cross-trains with us. And to me, this is one of the best experiences I've had to have. I've had the pleasure to have in jujitsu is the ability to have other uh, jujitsu practitioners from from different gyms come and cross train because every professor has a certain style, certain moves, certain skills, techniques that that he uses to implement his his game when he's fighting. So I learn essentially everything that I've learned from the black belts and brown belts that have taught me over at Electric North. And when we have the, the dudes from Cascade come over, they have different styles. They play different guards. They have different skills and techniques and, and all of that. And so it's very good for me to be able to use my arsenal on people who do not know my game and see how it works. And with that being said, Bill is one of the homies who comes over and I always have a pleasure to roll with. He fucking, he's a all around badass dude, salt of the earth guy. We linked up and he has his own podcast about jujitsu. I have my own podcast. Uh, obviously you're listening to it. Compassionate Viking. And we're like, fuck dude, let's get together and let's bullshit. Well, we did that. We met up at the gym, we sat down on the mats, and we fucking got after it, and what ended up happening was we talked for like three and a half hours. So, rather than doing uh, like a three and a half to four hour episode, where most people don't have enough time to finish it, and then they get out of their car, or they get done with their workout, and they turn it off, and they don't ever come back to, to finish it off, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to break this into two parts. So this will be part one, and then next week will be part two. Um, in part one, we kind of went over, you know, who he is, and what he's all about, how he got into jujitsu, And then the second part, we fucking deep dove off the end into rabbit holes and, and other conspiracy theories as him and his wife were asking some questions and I was like you know what fuck it I'm gonna have Olivia come over here we're gonna talk we're gonna we're all gonna be in the podcast now so part two it was I don't know if it was all three of us from the very beginning but at some point I pointed over to Olivia and was like hey you're coming in here so I hope you guys enjoy it I think it was rad I had a fucking awesome time I want to throw it out there that I appreciate every single one of you guys who has been donating to the Give, Send, Go Fund Me page. I truly, truly appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. For all of you guys who have questions, want to, to bullshit or anything like that, you guys can get a hold of me at Tyler Stanaway on Instagram, at Compassionate Viking on Instagram, or if it's really, really long, go ahead and feel free to shoot me an email at stanawayrootsandravens at gmail.com. So that's the update. My internet is still completely fucked. I've 
we've called the internet people and because we're in the woods and satellite, they say it's fine, but we have too many devices connected to it and other people around us are fighting for the the signal. So at this point in time, my, my internet is so shitty, literally worse than when I was like, I don't know, 14 and had AOL instant messenger. Maybe I wasn't even 14, maybe 12. But back when I had dial-up, my internet is worse than that. So this whole YouTube thing is, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do about it. What I have been doing is just recording and recording and recording and videoing. So I do have quite the portfolio in my, in my memory card now. So what needs to happen is maybe I need to go to the gym and just use a computer there where I have internet and I can upload everything and just do that once or twice a week since I'm at the gym every week. So that's something that's been on my mind. I'm also in the process of starting up a school for kids. Now, this isn't going to be a traditional school. It's going to be more like a camp slash school. And I've almost got to the point where I can set out all the curriculum. And yeah, I would love to start having children come over to the homestead. I think I'm going to name it the ones yet to come. And uh, we're going to learn how to be Vikings from the time we're little. I plan on doing nature, like scavenger hunts in the woods of multiple different plants and mushrooms. We will be whittling sticks. We will be making wattle fences. We will be making medicines from different herbs and trees and bark. I see a, a... like a a possibility to set up some shooting targets for BB guns or slingshots for kids. I am am interested in teaching children how to make, you know, smudge sticks and make just all, all I have. I have a whole curriculum of things and I've really been thinking about it. And I think that children and parents these days are wanting to, Remember the information that's been lost throughout the last generations. And maybe that's as simple as, can you make a fire in the woods? If you make a fire in the woods, can you whittle a stick to cook cook your hot dog? Um, Things like that. Obviously, I will be planting plants with the kids. We will be growing plants. They will be going home with them. My job as a, I guess... not a tour guide, but like as the leader of this, the ones yet to come, I want to make sure that the children are growing up to be savage, independent, fucking rad human beings, whether that's a man or a woman. And so this school, the school that I have set up, I think is, uh, it's something that's really good for not just me, but for the community. So that is in the mix. I plan on getting that up soon. And that way this summer, anyone who is within the area uh, can get a hold of me and see if they would like to sign their child up. I plan on doing it a, a one month, a one month uh, like s- curriculum. So the student will the student will sign up and it will be a four week program. So one month. And then during that month, we will go through many different skills and beats and cool shit so that when he's done he or she's done they will have 
attained uh, quite a bit of knowledge. So there's that. The next thing is I got my I got my forge back up and running. I was blacksmithing last night. I it's been a while. I mean, I've gone to the to the forge with my buddy and have forged at the shop, but to forge at my house, it's been almost maybe a year and a half. So to get that back up and running felt very good. I haven't swung a hammer like I used to in a while. And I'm in the middle of making a beautiful copper spatula. Something not too difficult, something that takes a little bit of skill and is good to kind of get my feet wet, jump back in and not totally fuck up something. You know, I really like making weapons such as blades or knives. The issue with that is that it it's very difficult. And through the hardening, quenching process, the tempering process, and then just the finishing work that goes along with it, knives are, are what's the word? The, there's a lot that entails with making knives. So rather than hopping in and just making a knife, spending, you know, 10 hours making it only to, find a crack or break it or fuck it up. I wasn't interested in that. So I was like, you know what? We are going to make a spatula. I'm almost done with it. And when Vanessa got home, she's like, what'd you make, babe? She looked at it. She's like, oh, it's so cute. I like it so much. And obviously I like it when my wife compliments me. But the other thing that I I noticed when she said that was I just made a spatula from a scrap piece of steel that I found in the fucking garage, literally just a, a chunk of steel and this little, you know, four by four slice of copper I have. And I turned it into a spatula and I used no electricity. So for me, the ability to take raw steel, raw precious metal use just my arm, a hammer, and some fire and be able to make a really nice utensil that could last my whole life, my children's whole life, and my great, great, or my grandchildren's real life or whole life and would continue down the generation of line as long as people take, as long as the people take care of it. That's pretty fucking cool. To be able to make something that lasts pretty much in forever if taken care of with no electricity and just my arm, my, my, my brain and my energy and my muscles is something that is very rewarding to me and something that I also would like to teach other people. So if anyone else out there would be interested in learning how to forge, please get a hold of me. We can set up dates. I would love to have, you know, one to three people at a time come up for the day and I'll set up a whole thing. We will forge. We will learn how the forge works. We will learn how to stand on by the anvil, how the anvil works. We will learn all about blacksmithing. And hopefully you guys will be able to go home with some type of forged piece of steel that you made yourself whether it was 100% by you or if you needed a little bit of adjustment or help by me, that's fine too. So, kids' school, blacksmithing school, those are those are in the mix. I've been going through uh, 
the herb book, and there's so many herbs, and I have so many herbs, and I kind of wanted to go over a hardy kiwi because most people have never heard of a hardy kiwi. Most people have only seen the fuzzy kiwis you get that is, you know, like a tropical fruit. But there's actually hardy kiwis which grow up in Canada and Russia and Siberia here that have extreme hardiness. I mean, they can withstand like negative 50 degrees for months, which is crazy. And this this hardy kiwi is a real kiwi. Sometimes they go by kiwi berry, arctic kiwi, hardy kiwi. They grow on a vine up to 20, 30 feet. The kiwi itself is like the size of a large grape. It does not have fuzziness on it. It is smooth like a grape. So you literally just pick it off the vine and eat the whole thing like a grape. And most people have no idea that this fruit exists. So I was going to go over that. Maybe we'll go over that next week. But as I was flipping through, I was like, you know what? I think on today's episode, we are going to go over how to make a field poultice. It's getting to be summertime. I see a lot of my friends and people that I follow are, are outside now. They're out in nature. They're going on hikes. They're at the rivers, lakes, beaches, vacations, whatnot. So I think now would be a great time to talk to you guys about how to make a field poultice in the you know, event of something bad happening, whether someone sprains an ankle or, or cuts themselves really bad or trips and falls on a stick branch or rock or you know fucking stubs their toe and rips their toenail off there's a billion different things that could happen on in our daily lives that can happen throughout the day totally unexpected and i believe that if we have the skills and knowledge to be able to heal ourselves or at the very least bandage ourselves up that would be doing us a great service along with our family and friends. So let's get right to it. it. Says, how to make a field poultice. Poultices have been used as field bandages and dressings for countless generations. In wartime, poultices helped manage many serious traumatic wounds and prevented as well as treated infection. I have used poultices on both others and myself many times in the field. My most common go-to poultice herbs are plantain, yarrow, mullein, and usnea. I always carry dried yarrow and plantain with me in the winter and when these plants are not readily available. These herbs are all in this book, so rest assured you'll have no problem identifying them. You can use these as a single herb poultice or mix them together. One of my favorite is a plant growing in many backyards and probably yours as well. It is called plantain. Plantain has a powerful antibacterial effect. It also contains allantoin, which is a phytochemical, a chemical found in plants that speeds up wound healing and stimulates the growth of new skin cells. Plantain stops bleeding and helps relieve pain and itching. We use it for immediate relief for bites and stings. Another common poultice herb is the plant known as the cowboy's toilet paper, mullein. Mullein works in two different ways to enhance the effects of the plantain already in the poultice. Mullein is an 
analgesic and thus lessens the pain. And it works as an astringent as well. That means it will contract your skin and in doing so will help close the wound. This plant has the added benefit of being used as well toilet paper. If you ever run out, it's very soft. Also, the leaves are really big too. I have a bunch growing and I want to say the leaves are like probably a foot and a half long and maybe eight inches wide. Pretty thick and very, very, very soft. Let's see. It says another plant you can use alone or mix into your field poultice is yarrow. Yarrow is a very strong antibacterial and it is a blood coagulant and thus helps stop bleeding. Usnea lichen is my other fantastic go-to for applying to a wound. It is very absorbent and has antimicrobial and antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal properties. It is ready to go as is. A strong herbal field poultice. Number one, gather plantain, mullein, and yarrow in equal quantities. Number two, grind the leaves together until you get a paste-like mixture. Add clean water if needed. Number three, apply it to your wound or cut. Number four, leave it on for one or two hours, then reapply as needed. Number five, keep the paste in place by using a non-toxic plant that has big leaves and high flexibility or normal bandages if you have some around burdock leaves are perfect for this if you don't have normal bandages so that's how we make a poultice we can do it out in the field with the leaves using our plant allies how cool is that i think it's fucking rad and the more i learn about this and the more i learn about how our plant allies can help us and how we can have a symbiotic relationship with one another. Just makes me want to learn more to the point now where I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to start a school and I'm going to start teaching every single person I know. Well, everyone I know that's interested at least. I can't can't make a horse drink the water, you know. I can lead them to it, but I can't make them drink it. So for the ones who want to drink it, get a hold of me because we're doing big things at the Compassionate Viking Podcast I hope that you guys are all starting to learn and becoming a more valuable human being than you were before you ever started listening to me. With that being said, let's get on with the show. Hey guys, before we start the podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to NFS Company out in Colorado Springs. They had their fucking grand opening, and now you can go in the store and check out all of their cool shit. Remember, they got firearms, they got ammo, they got optics, tactical gear, suppressors, you name it, they have it. Not only that, they can find the rare shit. For instance, I got my Glock 19 FDE from them, and it's kind of hard to come by. They found it, had it to me in two days. That's amazing. I'm all the way up in Washington, and they're in Colorado, so you can't fucking beat that. On top of that, anyone looking for preparedness for firearms training, they got a private range out there with a badass 10th Group Special Forces instructor. I don't know if you guys know, but finding people with that expertise is kind of hard to come by these days. 
So get on top of that. Go to www.nfsshootingsupply.com or you can find them on Instagram at nofuckingslack.co. On their Instagram is where you can find their schedule. If you're interested in anything, make sure that you support American-made shit, guys. This is how we're going to change the world. No fucking slack. Bill, he yes, is sir. a black belt from Cascade Jiu-Jitsu. We met through Jiu-Jitsu, actually. Yeah. And this is the first time I've ever talked to you and you've ever talked to me right. outside of... Uh, uh, Being sweaty and... Yeah, rolling. Dripping training, on each Training Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. So it's an honor to have you. Thank you very much. Feels good to be in your presence yeah. in our undies. It's, it's good to sit with a man with our thighs showing. Yep. And just be men. Be men. This is why cameras are good Because people can then see that I'm being a silly goose Of course But our thighs are out We're actually at the gym right now Sitting on the brand new mats Here in Lake Stevens Mm -hmm. My Well our Friend Greg Who this is his facility Has allowed Me to use this As a podcast place Whenever I want And um, it's a beautiful day here we got the bay doors open, so if you yeah. can hear cars in the background, it's because we're real people living in a real town. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, there might be a Harley that decides to scream by because it's nice and sunny. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. So uh, I actually recently just found out a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, that you actually you have your own podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much everyone does. Yep. My mom's thinking about starting one, so that's cool. It's a lot better than CNN. Yeah, that's true, and. uh um, so it's called the grappling with podcast. I do it with a, he's a physician, a, a, a practicing doctor, uh-huh. um, with a, he, it's interesting because he's, it's an interesting mix. He's on, he works for a very big company that is all Western medicine and stuff like that. He went to Johns Hopkins, uh, got a master's in public health and like he was in the Navy. He was a, a he, ha, uh, what is it where he had a thousand sailors under him, so like he was caring for all them. He's got a crazy good resume, um, but then his wife owns a integrative medicine clinic, which is a, she's a naturopath. Okay, and so it's not opposite ends of the spectrum, but um, historically people have looked at naturopaths a certain way, uh-huh. and which I get. Yep. And um, crazy granola lady, a, a little bit, you know, smells a little bit like uh, what's that? St- uh, what's that? Patchouli, patchouli. <laughs> My wife's in the background, old Olivia. Um, and uh, yeah, natural remedies and all that kind of stuff. And what I said on because Gre- I was just on Greg's podcast, uh-huh. and I said, you know, there's some naturopaths that just rely on like uh, the essential oils yeah. and, and the and chakras and stuff. I'm not saying that stuff doesn't have its place. Sure. Because I, I, I did kind of breeze through that. And then when I listened to one of his ads, it was about like something. Like, I was like, <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. I didn't mean like that stuff has no place. It was more so just like with Western doctors, you can have them where they're just pill pushers. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's more common than not. They're fat as shit. They were pleated khakis and shitty shoes yeah and you get embarrassed by looking at them yep and their wife hasn't fucked him in 20 years easy they're taking it out on language no i'm joking <laughs> no, it's true <laughs> uh, but it, exactly and and that's one of those things where 
uh, the guy I do the podcast with, Chris, he he sees that. He works with that. Yeah. And he hates it. And our podcast is a little bit of his megaphone. And we have his wife, Carrie, Dr. Carrie, on. Uh, and um, their uh, integrative medicine, their clinic is in Stanwood. Okay. Um, so it's pretty cool. There's some people in this gym, and your guys' gym that goes there. And I need to know because I live in Stanwood. Very good. Yep. Yeah. It's it's uh, kind of where Hagen's is. Okay. Stuff. Yeah, right yeah, down right there. Right down the road from my we'll, house. We'll talk after. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, a couple people from your gym go there, a bunch of ours. She's my general uh, health uh, doctor. But it's cool because we get to get um, – they're, they're both plugged into both sides. And she is all about, like, when you see her, 45 minutes is a visit. Okay. It's she not 15 yeah, she wants to know what's going on. Oh, yeah. And she wants, how's your sleep? How's, like, she's going to, she goes down the stuff. Like, I, I went to a bunch of doctors previously, and it was like, they would just, uh, like, when I, I'm on testosterone, TRT, yep. testosterone placement, and I remember the urologist at UW Medicine and stuff, they were just, they checked my levels, and then they just said, okay, here's your testosterone, whatever gel they wanted to push at the time, because yep. they never talked about injectables, so they always did the topical stuff. And then... uh um, but they never wanted to figure out why I got low testosterone at 27 years old. <laughs> right. Like, do I have a tumor on my asshole? Yeah. What is going on? Yeah, for real though. Yeah, literally. And I told that story on Greg's podcast, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if you heard that one, but. I did. I got my but butt little, checked. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, for the people who are like, ha ha, you know, whatever. <laughs> the thing is like, it's real shit, right? It's your actual life. Yeah. And if you're 27 years old and your testosterone is not what it should be yeah i mean what was that like probably misery in my opinion oh yeah well so i'm like uh i suffer from imposter syndrome like okay. really badly yep even when i'm good at stuff i severely like mentally struggle with that and then um so, <laughs> so i beat myself up i have like that that uh i have that voice in my head mm -hmm. that is like Though it, it's motivational in positive ways, okay, but then it can also I can go on the other side of the horse where it's actually hurting me, like a negative loop. Yeah, where like you know, let's say you're lifting or something like that, which I, I don't really lift weights, but um, my wife does and I don't. But <laughs> um, you're like, okay, you pussy, do one more rep, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I, I I have that kind of self talk, which helps me in a lot of scenarios, but like I said, it can get a little too far. And what was happening? before I was on testosterone was I would, uh, one, my, like for people that don't like, well, how do you know? Like, what are you looking for? Yeah. Some of the big things that, um, you should start considering to get checked is one, what's your libido? Okay. That's your sex drive. Yeah. Now when you're in your twenties or even thirties, if you like, it's not that you, don't confuse ED, uh, erectile dysfunction, and libido. Right. Erectile dysfunction means, okay, like there's something with the hardware that you, you're not able to get an erection or something like that, or it takes a long time, or you can't hold one, or something like that. Okay. It's like not working. Yeah, that part of the anatomy is just not really working, but you have a... a, a you want to. A, yes. a desire. A, yeah, a heavy desire still, <clears throat> like a normal person. Libido, and a lack of libido, is like... You are still like, like my wife's beautiful. I, I find her attractive. I find you know in all that, but the energy to like get going mm -hmm. is 
almost feels like lift like you're lifting something off your chest like it's like i just can't I like just, a burden yeah so that's a libido side that can trickle into working out being active you have the desire but you just cannot do it okay well that did from from libido to working out to being active and then i would just I just thought I was a pussy. I just thought I was mentally weak, and right. I would I would tear myself down and be like, "You stupid idiot!" There you go. Uh, and then I would beat myself up, and then I would work out or something like that. And then recovery is the second thing. If you work out and you just are crushed for the rest of the day, and you didn't even do, we're not talking about like you did some imam crazy wad workout or jujitsu. Right. I mean, those are other things like. Even if you have a super hard training day, if you refeed properly, which maybe we'll talk about that stuff, yep. you should have energy the rest of the day or later in the day after a refeed or nap or something like that. If your tea is low, you are crushed. Oh, really? I mean, like maybe even the next day too. Oh, your 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 what's that? Re like rehabilitation. Your your body just is not recovering. Yeah. So that's another one. And then your sleep is dog crap. These are like the three like really big things that you can look at if you're if you sleep horrifically. Now there could be other things that influence that. Yeah. Uh, screen time late at night, caffeine, uh, shit nutrition. Not saying like, not saying like just because you eat crap it means your sleep's automatically going to be bad. But um, that's you ha do have to like look at some lifestyle stuff, which is why you get a good doctor. Right. That you don't get moved out in 15 minutes that they're going to talk to you about this stuff. And, um, and, and then you can start identifying why your sleep is bad. Well, I, I'm actually good with screen time. I'm good with, you know, blue light and, you know, uh, not looking at my phone, uh, two hours before or something like that. Like you, you have all those things and you're not staying up till one in the morning and you're not on a shift work. So you identify, like you can check these things off and you're like, oh, man, but I still, am just dead. That's, that, Maybe low T. Yeah, there, there's a good chance. Yeah. Um, obviously, nutrition comes into that as well. But, it, it, and then also, there's the thing of like, you know, like the 2000 calorie diet. Yeah. Like everyone, everything's based off the 2000 calorie diet, which is dog shit. <laughs> which like is fucking it's, ridiculous. It's like ridiculous. And then you look at the, the food pyramid and you're like, what is this? Like, well, at first, I, I always <laughs> thought it was legit. Me too. Back in third grade. <laughs> Back in when I was 37. Yeah. The, yeah. The, no, but, uh, but actually, yeah, like I, I, I just didn't really, I just didn't pay attention too much. So I didn't know that the food pyramid was absolute dog shit and propaganda. And um, so you start realizing what foods are good, what foods are bad, and then how much you're eating of this or that. And that's the gut brain connection is huge. The vagus nerve that's in there. We So anyways, all that to say, holy smokes. Um, on our podcast, we talk about all this stuff. Okay. Uh, we have like, it's it's primarily, it's called Grappling With Podcasts. It's on YouTube, Spotify, all that stuff. But it's, we talk health, wellness, jujitsu, grappling. We relate a lot of things like um, to grappling and yeah. for grapplers, but also not. Like our parents listen and stuff like that, especially when Carrie's on because they, they go deep. Like it, they, you know Huberman Lab. Yep. So he's very like uh, heady and like uh, says a lot of technical stuff. Mm -hmm. They try to have a balance of technical, but then uh, understandable. Break it down for us. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like there's a retard in the building. 
You got to make me understand. Yeah, I'm a quarter downs. Yeah. <clears throat> and they break it down for me like that, which I really appreciate. Which, that's really cool because. Yeah. The downs part? The, the downs part. <laughs> yeah. No, what's really that I, cool. That I can drive. Like, you're like happy for me. You made it You made it here and we're podcasting and that's <laughs> <job>. fucking rad. <laughs> Good job. Good job. No, it's really cool that, you know, a lot of stuff when it comes into the sciences and the, the tech stuff, it's, it goes over a lot of people's heads. It's yeah. just too too deep, too much information. And so when they can or they do have the ability to break it down for the normal folk, someone like me who's a metal worker, yep, to where I can comprehend it and then I can actually digest that and go and share it with other people. Yeah. It's and you can come back to them too. That's like something we we notice that a lot of people do is because we have like a cholesterol episode where it's two hours of breaking down cholesterol and how we've been lied to our whole lives about cholesterol. Yeah. Um, TRT. We have a because Chris is on. He's fifty three years old, I think. Um, so he's been on TRT, and then I, I'm younger, so we have two different perspectives there. Uh, and we talk about that, um, and then also levels and blood work and. We, we go through all that stuff. We, we did a women's hormone episode. We had a couple ladies on. So, you know, we, we kind of go through a bunch of different stuff. Sleep. We went on. We had a sleep episode. Um, but, yeah, trying to equip people. Because there is a big movement right now, I think, yeah. with um, physicians that are coming out and becoming more, having bigger voices and stuff. And, and they're becoming bolder. I think so, too. Because, you know, they get... People that come out against the the standard narrative that they've been taught, uh, they get in their own community. Unfortunately, they they really get cast out a lot of the time. And uh, but we're seeing, I think, a bigger movement of people not being as afraid, which is pretty cool. Really. Yeah, yeah. Pretty For cool. them to say, "Fuck it, cast me out," yeah. but I'm still, even if it's all of you versus me. Yeah. I'm still going to say what needs to be said. Exactly. And, and, and it's one of these things, and I, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to speak for Chris or Carrie in, in this scenario, but it's one of these things where it's very, very stereotypical for physicians. They, they get their initial training in medical school, and then you know they, they uh, do their residency, and then they start treating patients and all that kind of stuff. And then there's no continued education. Right. Well, there is, but they don't do it. They do the very bare minimum. This is like my bugaboo with uh, police officers. officers. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. And and why, like, yeah, when we see them come in and all that stuff, it's 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 good. But how often do they bounce after the first week or first day? Yeah. Often. And how same, many actually even come in in it, the first place? Single digit percentage. Yes. Right? Yes. And Which is absurd. Yeah. It like hurts my feelings, and I know we went on that on the Greg's on Greg's podcast. We talked about that for like half an hour of just like how disappointing it is, and what they need to be doing for their own families, not just like themselves, but yeah, for your wife. For yeah, your if you don't husband. have jujitsu and you're a police officer, you clearly have disregarded your your importance to your children and your loved one. Yeah, and your community, and your community, yeah. and you know who. There was a time where I was, uh, which we'll probably talk about, where I was uh, not as, I won't say a good as a human, but uh, I, I was making a lot of other choices in my life. Yep. And it's like, I'm just in a tough point in my life that if a, 
you know, I was acting up or something and a cop gets scared because I happen to like, he trips on a rock and now I'm on top of him, not beating his ass or anything, but just we're in a scuffle or something because I'm resisting and now he shoots me in the chest. Yep. It's like that didn't actually have to happen. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, unfortunately there's a lot of those scenarios and you can even look at like some of the popular ones out there, you know, with, whether it's, you're talking about your, uh, what was his name? Floyd, uh, George, George Floyd or... Um, the guy in Wendy's or, you know, all, all these like bad shoots yeah. or bad scenarios. And, you know, where yeah, a lot of this stuff could have, could have been avoided. Even like the Joy Floyd and the Chauvin guy, right? Like the Chauvin's obviously an asshole. The guy had like a 17 different, <laughs> like, uh, uh, negative situ- si- situations that he had been, been, a been in. Yeah, exactly. And, and he was, the guy was handcuffed, whether he, the dude was on drugs or not. I, I'm not even going into that part. It's just the guy's handcuffed and you got your, your knee on neck. It's yeah. just like, yeah. well, we, yeah. as jujitsu practitioners, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Well, when we see that, yeah. it's like, that's unreasonable. Yeah, you're man. just, I get what he's doing yeah. as in like, he's like, this guy was an asshole to me. Maybe they have a history even. And he's like kind of giving it to him a little bit. Yeah. I do it to white belts all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I right. get it. <laughs> uh, but I'm also uh, educated in how much pressure I'm putting in and all that kind of stuff. And but when they're handcuffed now, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's probably okay yeah. to you know yeah. get off. There's a reason we don't want a white belt doing that to us. Yeah. Because he doesn't know that he's crushing my trachea yeah. or, or something like that. He has no control. And that's probably what Chauvin is. is he, he's, he's an uneducated grappler that was doing something to a guy, guy on fentanyl or whatever drugs he had in his system that just uh, exasperated the issue even more yeah i'm just going deep already aren't i dude it's it's, we're good i know your podcast so it's all good yeah yeah it's all good man yeah we go we're going on youtube we're going we're going everywhere (laughs) we're going to the moon (laughs) yeah Yeah, we're going on youtube first hey we can get into that too oh yeah so so yeah that's the the podcast that's that's kind of what what we do and and stuff like that and talk about and and all that like a little brief rundown Okay, so this is change of topic. Yeah. But as I sit here, I realize that what we're doing right now, as you a practitioner at Cascade Jiu-Jitsu mm-hmm. and me a practitioner here at Electric North, that maybe even five, ten, I don't know how many years ago, yeah. but this was taboo. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't even know this because it's not part of my Creonche. culture. Yeah, but Greg's <laughs> told me, like, you know, back in the day, the Jew, the the Brazilians, yeah. you go and fucking hang out with another gym. Oh yeah, you don't come back here. Yeah, like straight trader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh yeah, we have a a Brazilian gal. She's a is Andrea third or fourth degree? I think she's a fourth degree now, black belt. Okay. So that means she's been a black belt for fifteen Fuck to eighteen yeah, years, twenty or years, something or like something that. Like yeah, that. something crazy. Um, and she. <clears throat> Grew up in Brazil, and she was part of GF team, Gracie Fight Team. I think that's mm-hmm. what GF team is. And, like, so she trained with Herber Santos, like, a bunch of uh, Max Jimenez for the jiu-jitsu nerds out there. Um, back when they were, like, uh, white belts and colored belts and stuff. And she said the same thing. It was, like, it's not, like, rude. It's, like, an an offense. Yeah, like a like a like, backstab. Yeah, and you'll get kicked out of gyms and stuff like that. And re- and, and that carried over into America and 
and it's very, it was very, it, and it still is. There's still some tribal stuff going on. Like even when you go to some gyms, like we've had some people drop into gyms and, uh, <laughs> and tell, like they'll message me. I had one guy, he's a white belt and he, uh, had to go down to California, I think for work. And they, uh, he was like, Hey, does this gym seem cool? And I, you know, I just look it up. Cause I, something I'll do is I'll look up and see like, do they only allow white geese? Do they only, does everyone in the photos on Instagram have this, the gym gi, you know, something like that. That's, you can start to get a read if like how strict they're going to be. The cult part of it. Yeah. <clears throat> like if, if they're going to have like these kind of odd, not odd, but I, in my opinion, a little antiquated style rules. Right. You'll know if they're a little bit uptight and stuff like that. And they, they looked fine and stuff. But when he, he went mm-hmm. there, they wanted him to buy a patch kit and patch up his gi before he trained. What? And stuff like that. Yeah, it was. Oh, and fuck. it was a part of a big a big association that wow. I, I don't want to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say it. But don't, yeah, don't, don't call anyone out. Yeah, but yeah. But it was... It's unfortunate, you know, and th- that stuff still is out there. And we're just, you know, we're, I mean, you guys are a part of a, you guys are technically a part of a check mat and like a, a large association, but you guys have a, a lot of um, leniency in, in your individuality, right? Yeah. So yeah. Jao Assis, he has, he's a check mat guy, his lineage, but he has electric jujitsu California? Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys are electric north because Greg is under Joao. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of freedom there. And I found that that does exist even in your Gracie Bajas, which are kind of known as the the more strict. And more like franchise, right? Yeah. 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 And even Checkmat and Alliance and Legion, you can franchise with all of those. As in, like, you can, let's say I'm a Cascade, I'm I'm an Andrew Solheim black belt under with Cascade Jiu-Jitsu. If I wanted to open a gym in Texas, but I wanted to have some name value right out the gate, mm-hmm. I could contact Gracie Baja, Checkmat, Alliance, um, na- name whatever big school, and I could apply to try to be an affiliate. So I get all their branding okay. and all that. Six Blades is another one. Um, just to try to get that cachet. Right. And it's, yeah, fran- there's a franchise fee and all that kind of stuff. I think that used to be more important, maybe, mm-hmm. when jiu-jitsu wasn't so big. But now jiu-jitsu's, jiu-jitsu, not teams and not individual names, have has gotten so big that I don't think that matters quite as much. You can be an independent and uh, as long as you have good culture. Mm-hmm which is like what you guys have built here. I think that's what we've built as well. Like I think the North end in Washington is so underrated mainly because a, a lot of tournaments are down South. Right. And, uh, they think we suck up here. Yeah. They, well, they think we're Canada. Uh-huh. Okay. Canada is yeah. still two hours away. Yeah. But like you have Seattle and we're like, if there's no traffic, we're 30 minutes North of Seattle basically, but there's always traffic. So we're an hour and a half and we're like 38 miles, I think Yeah, from Seattle. Anybody that goes 25 miles North of Seattle, which is a place called Linwood. Yep. Right. That's where I grew up. Okay. Yeah. I'm Edmonds. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, anything North of that, if you're a Seattle Bellevue, Kirkland, Redmond, like that little greater Seattle area, it's Canada. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. If you go past the 405, Canada. There's the Tulalip outlets and then Canada. And then Canada. And and they're very close to each other. And 
there's so much jujitsu and Tacoma and all that kind of stuff and Puyallup and Sumner that it's like we get pretty much forgotten up here, which I don't really mind because I feel like when people come up here, they're like, oh, dang, there's tough schools. There's tough rooms. And we get along. Down there, there's I – mean, I'm not talking shit about down there. I mean, we – Grapple Club, Jan, he, uh, Professor Jan, like he trained with us for a long time, and he opened a gym down there, and he, that dude's awesome. He's got Demetrius Johnson in his gym. Oh, and so, oh yeah. Um, th- those guys are cool. Logic's cool. Um, but there does seem to, it almost feels a little more fraction. Now, maybe that's an outsider looking yeah. in. Yep. But I feel like up here between like you guys, us, uh, Cindy Hales, uh, Sleeper Jiu-Jitsu in Linwood, like we're all cross training and just making each other better. Way better. Oh my gosh. Way it feels better. so good. It does. I, I think that it's the next, like, f- it's the next logical step. Yeah. Is being able to. The cross training. As a practitioner, I cannot go. Well, I guess I could, but to go to different gyms every week mm-hmm. isn't going to work. Mm. I mean, it is for if you want to train, but it's like you got to really commit to that, yeah. Right, a- every week, and you need to get to know your professor. Like, yeah. there's certain things of of uh, promotion on your belt that isn't just how good you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. We've had fucking blue belt Bob or white belt Bob. Yeah. Okay, but that guy's been training way longer than most people yeah. who, who were white belts. Mm-hmm. But because he's traveling around, he doesn't have like a an, a home gym. Yeah. Just because you're good and you show up as a guest, that doesn't mean that the, yeah. the professor is going to give you a new belt color, right? right? Yep. And so it's like, <clears throat> okay, this is my gym. That's your gym. You are taught all these moves by your professors over there. Mm-hmm. I'm taught my moves by my professors over here. But then when we come together, we can show each other's moves that we've oh, yeah. learned from different... Pro- and it's like, I mean, you're a steel worker, right? Yeah. It's like you're forging your skills against an unknown opponent that didn't just learn your shoulder crunch, you know, sweep, your shoulder crunch sumagashi, let's say, that Greg just taught everybody. Yes. Like, <laughs> Greg hasn't taught me that. Yeah. I don't know that. Or if I did, it was different details from my professor at two years ago. Right. <laughs> so then when I come in, you're working it now against an unknown prospect, an unknown person. And it's like, that's really where, and that's why competition is so good, right? Right. Because you're going to really test, you're going to shrink your jujitsu down. So like tips for people that are like thinking about competing or something like that. Shrink your jujitsu down. Jujitsu is so massive. But when you go to a tournament, and this is what pros do, this is what the high-level black belts do, they sharpen just a couple knives. Really? A couple swords they put in their belt, mm-hmm. and they get those things razor sharp. And because jiu-jitsu is too vast to oh. get good at everything, right? Master and yeah. none type thing. And you can be well-rounded, but when you go to a tournament, you need to have your go-to, let's say, guard puller takedown, right? You need to have a go-to sweep. Which is going to be come from a probably a specific guard. So yep. let's say I'm going to be working collar sleeve, or butterfly, or something like that, and I'm going to do a hook sweep. That is my go-to, my bread and butter. And Greg talks about that, yep. right? He's like, I'm going to pull you into butterfly. Yep. And I'm going to hook sweep you, and I'm going to armbar you. Yep. And that's your life now. Yeah. And that's kind of like the competition mindset. So for a month, 
you're going to be the most annoying guy to grapple with because you're going to do the same damn same thing. Same shit over and over Six and over. minutes, seven minute round, eight, whatever it is. And you're just going to constantly do that and you just sharpen that sword until it's razor sharp. So then when you go to that tournament, it just feels like you're not thinking anymore. Right. You, 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 you just you, do. Yeah. You just let the body go because you, one, you're rolling with so many people. You're doing the same thing with so many different flavors. No matter what they do, it should feel comfortable and you should be confident which is a big thing the confidence in the in to pull your game out and uh and go for it and then have you know your little series of attacks and then even at the lower belts if you're a white or blue belt you shrink it down even more you know you, you you're you're not you're not gonna have a takedown and a guard pull as like a mix you're just gonna have a guard pull maybe yeah you know that's because you don't got enough time you don't got enough skills you don't got enough uh history to to develop all those things so you're like, you know, I'm going to shrink it down even more. I got my guard pull. I'm going to put him in close guard, and I'm going to just attack this dude with cross collars and arm bars because they chain. Yeah, right? You yep. find two subs that chain. And make sure your defense is there. Boom. You know? And maybe, I mean, really, I tell some guys, don't even worry about subs. You're going to outpoint. That's you're just gonna, out, out position him. Yeah, and then you you know you start thinking about scoring and stuff like that, and it's just like, you know what? I'm not, I might not sub anybody. Maybe you will. Yep. But you're just going for points. So I'm going to guard pull to sweep, and then I'm going to work neon belly and guard passing, and that's it. Pinning, guard passing, and a sweep. You know, and So then you don't get overwhelmed as much because when you're in the tournament, you're in the bullpen. Have you competed much? No, only at white belt. Okay. So, like, you know, those nerves, everyone else looks all tough. They got gnarly ears. I mean, it happens more the higher belts you get, but <clears throat> people look all jacked and yoked up, and you're like... Oh my gosh! What am I doing? Slap it in the face, and you're like, "Holy shit!" This little old me. What did I sign up for? Oh my gosh! I play video games for a living, or something. You know, like I, 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 I'm a photographer. Are you kidding me? You want me to go against this guy, a steel worker? Yeah, this dude's angry. (laughs) Got a bad like father at home that beat him when he was a kid. He's gonna take it out on me. Better to do than to. Relent his energy upon other men who volunteer yeah. to this. I had Ben and Jerry's last night, bro. Like, <laughs> right. are you kidding me? So, um, yeah, that you don't have to think about all that stuff because you know you got you've been working for however a month, three weeks, two weeks, whatever, six weeks on these movements, so that you can feel secure in those movements and you don't even have to think about it. You just go for it. Fuck yeah, yeah. It's like super beneficial, I, I think, for competition. I, I did Master Worlds. I hate bringing it up, but I I did Master Worlds last year at Brown Belt, and all I did was I worked uh, these like three positions uh-huh. uh, from a guard perspective, and then I I worked my judo, and um, and then I had this series of headquarters passing that I do, and that's it. And I was like. This is all I'm doing. I'm not pulling guard unless I feel like um, maybe I I drew like a judo black belt or right, something. Right. I, I was going to say, sometimes you may even need to look at your opponent. You yeah. Know? If I'm going against Jordan, I don't r- try and wrestle Jordan. Right. I would rather honestly pull guard mm-hmm. and try and get establish a good guard. Yes. And work on either sweeping or coming out the back or something. Yeah. Than try and double leg him or something yeah exactly you, you, you exactly in the higher level you get and stuff like that you start analyzing like mm, this guy's got really good grips which indicates you know 
as you get better too, like there's ways you can identify, okay, this guy's going to be more of a wrestling base, right. Uh, stand up artist, or he's a judo base, uh, or, or one of those crafty like guard pullers that pulls into sweeps, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even being able to like steal two points off a guard pull. That's a biggie. Yeah. A little foot sweep, a little ashiwaza, you know, embarrass them in front of their family when they pull guard like a wuss. And yeah. then you go, whoop, got two points. Yeah. Those are always good. Um, but I, same thing. I was, I had a guard pull ready for if I came across someone that I, I felt like I was getting out gripped or something. Right. Or I couldn't get into my position. Yeah. That's my fallback. Yep. Oddly, everyone pulled guard on me immediately. Oh, really? Yeah. I kind of like some people think. Actually, most people, when I drop in places, they think I'm a wrestler. It's your stature? Yeah, I just, I, I'm in shape and, like, bald head, blue eyes, you know. And yeah. I don't have... Tank I, top, good-looking guy, keep, comes in with a keep solid, going, keep solid going. woman, right? Yep, there it is, more. <laughs> and then uh, and like, I got wow, the... Wow, this guy is fucking handsome. Yeah. He's a stud. I got calves like an Come animal. Come back, Bill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're like, oh, dang, he's, he's a wrestler. And sometimes I, I will do this. I'll do, like, little wrestler warm-ups. In the bullpen, just to make them, just to make them think. And I'll tell you right now, I have top three wrestling in the world. <laughs> right. I'm telling, at least in Washington State, horrific wrestling. Uh-huh. That's why I work judo because I, I started jujitsu late. <laughs> yeah. I started jujitsu at 34, 35 years old. Uh, wrestling's hard. Wrestling uh, is hard. Wrestling's hard, and it hurts my neck. Yeah, and it hurts my knees, and, and it, it hurts, hurts my, my lower b-hole. back. And yes, it hurts, it hurts uh, actually. On on wrestling topic, yeah. So, <laughs> Sean Baker first shows up to, to oh, the yeah. gym. Okay? Giant, giant, giant man, beanstalk guy. Yep, and uh, it wasn't his first day or whatever. We, we he had been here for a few months, and he wants to roll. What six four two sixty or something two fifty? Last time I think he's like six five, and he was two eighty. Yeah, I follow him on Twitter, and he posts his weight a lot. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's huge, and he's. Strong as an ox. Oh man. yeah, yeah. He's he's just like deadlifting five. I think it's deadlifts or maybe it's bench. It could be curls. Five hundred sure. pounds sure. over and over again. It's curling me. And uh, he's like, "Hey, you want to roll?" And it's literally like David and Goliath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, sure. And you know, we go to like shake hands, and he, I can feel his fingertip and his thumb yeah. grasp. He tickles like your inner lock on the backside of my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can like fit inside of yeah. there. And uh, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, this particular day, I was like, I'm going to fucking, I'm not pulling guard. You picked violence. I picked violence. Yeah, you did. I chose violence that night. Respect. And, uh, well, I did. I did did what (laughs) I intended to do. The next day, I went to work. Uh, It was a Thursday, and I'm teaching kids jujitsu, the little, little kids. Yeah. And we have this new girl, little, you know, seven-year-old girl, and I'm trying to show, we're going over forward rolls. She doesn't know what it is. I like, you know, you ever heard of a somersault before? And she's like, no. And I'm like, fuck, Uh, man, these kids these days, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You look at their parents. Yeah, and the mom's sitting right there. And I said, okay, let me show you. And I go to do the forward roll, and I can't do it. Oh. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? My lower back hurts really bad. And so I try it again, and I look, uh, what's up, Daniel? What's Daniel. up, playboy? <laughs> uh, Take that shirt off. Let me see. So I go to try it again, and I can't, 
like bend myself in half. I kind of like flop a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, you're like a two by four. <laughs> <toss, laughs> <right? like, laughs> I'm like, Oh dude, what's going on? Yeah. And the mom is looking at me like, okay, so this coach this is trying to get my daughter <laughs> to do a fucking forward roll somersault. And he can't even and do he, it. And he looks bad <laughs> yeah. doing this. Yeah. And I'm like, what happened? He looks like a wiener dog yeah. doing a tumble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I felt totally retarded, dude. Because I'm like, dude, I know how to do a forward roll. I promise. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, I got a good one. So then uh, S- Craig... Big Craig is, yeah, is yeah. teaching class with me. We do something. Hey, next time, uh, you put a like a wrestler shirt on that guy. I didn't know he was a wrestler. Yeah. And I came to Nogi one day here, like a few months ago, and he asked to roll, and immediately I regretted uh, like you, trying to stand with him. Oh my god, dude! It's like, oh, dude, you're a barrel. Yeah. You're like a not a fifty-five gallon. You're like a hundred and fifty-five gallon barrel. Yeah. And you're a wrestler. Yep. Yep. Keep going, please. So. Anyway, so then the next day, I'm at work, and I'm, like, going to weld on some shit, and I can't bend down. Like, I literally can't bend down. So this is three days later. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, what is going on with me? Like, I was fine. Yeah. Wrestled. I went to work the next day, and then it started at the kids' jujitsu, and now I'm stuck. So then I come home. So that was a Friday. Typically, I'd come to Friday Friday Night mm-hmm. Rolls. Yeah. I went home. It was like 1.30 or 2, and I get on the couch, and I can't get back up. Literally can't get back up. Like, not too tired to get back up. Yeah. Like, something's wrong with me. Right. You're re- Stephen Hawking now. Yeah, I can't move. Yeah. And it hurts incredibly bad. Mm. To the point where I never got up off that couch for four days, except for to take a shit or a shower, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But the rest of the time, I was stuck there. I had a panic attack in the bathtub. Yeah, yeah I tried to get myself... Th- my wife's like, go take like a magnesium bath or Epsom salt yeah. bath. Go yeah. soak. And I'm like, I can't get up. Like, right. I need you to fireman carry me up the stairs. And she's... For a while, she's like, you're so fucking dramatic. Yeah. You know? It's like the, the, like the, the man, man call. Shit, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> and I'm at the point where I'm like almost in tears going, yeah. I am not fucking with you <laughs> something is wrong and i'm seriously injured yeah. i'm not hurt i'm fucking injured i'm being paralyzed right. little by little every day it's four days and i've almost lost all feeling of my legs okay <laughs> she's like she just thinks you're being a baby she does she does Respect. until until because part of me is like she whatever. starts stabbing your foot with like a hot poker getting the like, fucking oh, the tub she she helps me get up in the tub and then you know i'm soaking or whatever and I start sliding, like, down, and I can't get myself like back up. I'm, like, going to drown. You're going to drown. And I freak out, but I can't move. And it was, like, full jujitsu mother's milk under the water. Yeah, yeah. But I can't even move. Where's she? She's downstairs. Yeah. Fucking cooking dinner. And you're dying. <laughs> Trying to smash around, splash in water. I'm just, I'm sorry, but I I have a pretty good visual right now <laughs> of you like dolphin kicking as yeah. hard as you can, but it's so naked weak. in there. You got bubbles all <laughs> so over the place. Oh, you got bubbles. <laughs> oh, the most embarrassing thing. I, that's the maybe top ten embarrassing ways to die. Uh, in yeah, a bubble bath, know, right? In bubbles, and they won't know that you were paralyzed. No, they'll just think you're having a good bubble bath on a Saturday night. Yep, and you died. So she comes up there. <laughs> she comes up there. 
And she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And like, she tried to like lift me up. And when she sat me up, it like shot all this pain, like the oh sharp, sharp pain down my back. And it like electrocuted me or something. Yeah. Like, you know, when you turn your neck too hard, yeah. you like look out the window and all yeah. of a sudden you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that, but in my lower back. And so I'm like glitching out in the bathtub. Get me out of this fucking thing. Yeah. She gets me out. I lay back down. And it was the most, it was the most horrifying thing because then, I don't remember if it was that night or the next day. Do you happen to know our friend Gordon Maiko, the chiropractor guy? Maybe if I saw him. Okay. Anyways, just like a chiropractor friend. Yeah, yeah. She's like, we need to go to to Maiko's. And I was like, I cannot, I can't. I can't even I can't drive. I can't. We finally, she's like, then I'm going to call 911. And that's like, that's, that's embarrassing. Let me die in a bubble bath. That's the thing is like we're not calling nine one one, okay? Yeah. Do you understand what my podcast is about? <laughs> right. I don't call nine one one. I'm not gonna help. Me I for walk this. to the hospital. <laughs> right. <laughs> she like rolled me out on the dolly into the car. I'm like sitting on my hands. I you're like Hannibal, like yeah. you're up on a dolly, dude. I could. It was. It had to have been so ridiculous to see because to see like one of us, some you know strong yeah. fit stud. Yeah. Yeah. Literally laid the fuck up, but there's no wounds or broken no. bones or stitches or anything. Yeah, your butt no hurts. Co- yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got a muscle fat. It's inside, babe. It's inside. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it took me, well, I got to his house. He couldn't even adjust me. It took me weeks. And still to this day, it's not. Stuff goes numb and all that. It's just, it's, my lower back is so tight and so sore. Have if you done I, any like BP 157 or anything like that? No. I should. I might Greg have to get you in contact with somebody. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, some so, of that regenerative medicine stuff. Yeah. 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 I've heard quite a bit about it. I have 18 screws in my ankle here. Mm. And, um, I was told to do some HGH or BP7 into yeah. my ankle. Yeah. So what I found out is I don't actually have feeling on the inside <laughs> of my ankle right here. So me and my wife are going to inject my ankle, and yeah. I have the little fucking oh, yeah. injection needle. Yeah. I fill it up. I go like this. I hit it in. I fucking, you yeah. know, plunge it in. Yeah. And I go to pull it out. I can't pull it out. It's stuck in there. Sweet. And I'm like, what the fuck? Well, I didn't realize that I had hit the bone of my ankle and have bent the needle 90 degrees inside my foot. Did you, like, jam it like it was Pulp Fiction? Yeah, just, well, I mean, not like, really. Did you like- it, was like, it was like this. Because it's hard. Like, it wasn't yeah. wanting to yeah, go yeah, in because yeah, well, yeah, yeah. there's bone right there. Right. You go into the and joint. And you would think it would... I'm thinking, like, it would hurt me. Yeah. No, dude. No, no. Because straight, no. like, was that Mr. Deeds when he has... <laughs> That's what I was thinking that your wife was doing. It's like, okay. you stop being a wuss <laughs> and, like, stabbing. Dude, like, the fire poker through Chop the that wood. wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So, I haven't done any of that since because I was like, dude, yeah. that was pretty fucking weird. So, it didn't hurt me or anything, but... So, yeah, like, I, I had to use that stuff because I had a capsulitis on my big toe like the big knuckle uh-huh. like it was something happened there during jujitsu. it was right before the tournament and they gave it to me and i i olivia actually would do it um you inject like you stick the needle into the joint okay like you don't yeah you don't want to hit like the, the bone. bone like yeah you're going into the joint and then she was injecting in there and it helped oh big time like really they were saying uh good i mean i dealt with like i still actually have a little bit of pain but I stopped injecting in a while, but because I had a tournament coming up in Vegas, yeah, they were like trying to do everything they can to like get me 
because I could barely walk. I couldn't pass. So that took like a, remember I, I was like, I'm going to work my judo and then I'm going to work my passing. <laughs> yeah. And that happened like two weeks or three weeks before. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm pulling guard or something because I could not pivot. Oh. And, uh, and to not be able to, f- to feel not back to the confidence thing, y- to oh. not feel confidence in your passing game. Right. Like, dude, how the fuck am I going to get into a dominant position unless I pull guard and sweep them? Yeah. And for the last, like, the last, probably all of last year, I was. Because I'm predominantly, we're very similar. We're pro, I'm a predominantly guard player, and like I'm flexible and all that stuff. But I was like, I need to get my top game going. Yeah, and get my passes. I was working my passing so much, I felt really confident in my passing more than even my guard play. And then I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't <pass>. use it. <laughs> yeah. And but anyway, so they 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 gave me that stuff, and, and Olivia was injecting me every day uh, for a few weeks, and it was like a eight to ten week recovery time. Uh, tell like I was going to be able to like not really feel it um, and tournament was in three weeks but by the tournament I was able to I could pass and like I could put pressure on it like severe pressure with like flexion in the toes was hard hard but like I, I could I could grapple you know adrenaline kicks in and you're like I'm not even paying attention to nothing until beep yeah I, t- I taped both feet too because <laughs> okay, yeah. I had to like give it structure yeah and uh, dude like the first the first match Guy dives on a toe hold. Of course he did. On the other foot, though. That's why I tape That's both. why you tape both. Yep. And he starts ripping on that thing. And, oh, man, all of, like, Olivia was there, and we had a, a pretty big team there, and everyone was like, is that the bad one or the good one? <laughs> you know, kind of looking at it. Whew. Fucking A. Yeah. And shout out to Sean Baker for almost killing you. Yeah. How about that? Hey, you know what? The thing is, is, like, it's my fault. Yeah. Like, looking back. Why, why right. did I, why did I pick violence against someone who is, yeah. who is so much larger than me? Yeah. Right. I could have easily just used just jujitsu mm-hmm. and no strength. Right. But unfortunately, and maybe I just suck at wrestling, <laughs> but wrestling takes strength yeah. in my, from. Well, it's definitely, I mean, same with Nogi in <clears throat> general. It's more athletic. Yes. There's a, the athletic element goes further in wrestling and no gi grappling submission wrestling than it does in gi it's it's, which is fine that's it's that's one of the reasons why it's kind of fun is you know if you want to get that part of it then that's a good route to go yeah yeah so anyways love you sean you're fucking (laughs) savage dude you you left an imprint on me for life well you know (sighs) what's interesting like when i go whether it's a white belt or not when i go and I identify I'm going to go with, like, a big dude. Whether, I mean, Sean's, like, fifty in his 50s, I think. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, just size in general. Uh, this is something my professor, Andrew, taught me. Because he's 170 pounds, so he's okay. not a big guy. Yeah. Is when they come in, our jiu-jitsu, like, I'm not inverting. I'm not doing all the fun stuff I like to do. It's maintain distance, maintain sticky frames, keep his weight off me, let him kind of move around and all that, but just be disciplined and not letting all that weight on me in a bad way. Yeah. And then use it against him in time. So I might only, I might hold him in like spider guard for four minutes, just waiting for an opportunity to sweep without forcing it. Like more of a finesse kind of thing. And once I'm on top, just try to stay there. Yeah. I'm not even trying to like get a ton of subs. Unless they make me mad. Yeah. 
And then even, I typically don't even try to get them a sub. I just give them the knee of justice through their soul uh-huh. to their spine. Yeah, that's I'll, right. I want to tickle the vertebrae a little bit that's through right. their belly. But uh, um, that's how I go into, like, those big guys. Because, yeah, you do it once. The thing that you did where it's like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna show this dude what a little, little something something feels like. And then I paid for it. Yeah. He, the thing is, is, like, the way that I look at that is in that night – Sure, I won the rounds. Okay? Yeah, I, right. I get to say, okay, I won rounds against a strong white belt yeah. on a Wednesday night. Right. Okay? He woke up and probably didn't think much of it. He went to work the next he day. He went to work, and I literally thought I was going to die for yeah. the next five days. And still, it's been months, dude. <laughs> right. And it's still, every time I go to wrestle, yeah. I think, like, is this worth if I can't get up tomorrow? Yeah. Because I can still wrestle. Yeah. But is it worth it? Yeah. And a lot of times, it's not. Yeah. I'll literally, I'll pull guard. Or I really like collar drags, mm-hmm. and that doesn't hurt my back the way, yeah. uh, you know, and if it doesn't work, I can usually scramble to get a hook in or half guard yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you ever watch the Daisy Fresh? Yeah, I have stuff? before. So, you know, Pixley, you know that name? Is he the wrestler, dude? Yeah. Yeah. Tall. He looks recent, like Dwight. Recent guy, right? He just got his purple belt, I yeah. think. Okay. So, I took a lot from watching him because I guess he won uh NCAA championship in wrestling, okay. a national championship, without taking a single shot. So, it's like, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. So, typically in wrestling... You, you do double legs, single legs, ankle picks, and stuff like that, where you're shooting in, right? You're To take them down. Yeah. You know, I assume a lot of your listeners grapple. But even if some don't, like, imagine, like, Goldberg back in the day, the wrestler, when he would spear someone. That's like a savage double leg, essentially, yeah. right? Um, it's almost like a football tackle in a way. Yeah, yeah. So that's one series of takedowns in wrestling. Well, there's stuff called slide buys, arm drags, right? Which are other ways. And that's where you're not changing levels and going down and attacking the legs or hips. You're uh, actually using their grip against them. So if they grab the back of your neck, you can do what's called a slide by where you shuck their grip and then you do like a foot sweep or you come around to their hips and grab them and suplex or something like that. He won a national championship without doing a single shot. That's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, yeah. all grip fights into takedowns. Some type of counter. Yes. Um, and when you watch him, you see it. Because he is just, he makes people look like children. He showed me six snap down. Yeah. Like a, a little tr- trick to the snap down. It was yeah. on Instagram video. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't say he showed me. He, right. <laughs> You confused me for a second. I was like, oh, shit, why didn't you invite me, bro? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it wasn't like, hey, Tyler, yeah, yeah, yeah. check this snap down. It yeah. was like I scrolled and seen a reel mm-hmm. of him showing a snap down. For sure. But it made a big difference. Absolutely. And um, his, his technique with that stuff is great. But that's it's a great option for whether you're older or you're new to grappling or something like that and wrestling seems hard, it's a good intro. Yeah. That if, if like, shooting and stuff like that and, or you have a bad experience where you're, you're maybe you're worried about, you know, someone sprawling on your head or something. Or if you have a big opponent, that's a great way. Like, yeah. you're going to shoot on a big boy? Like, I'm not shooting on Daniel. No. No way. He sprawls on my he face. sprawls. He's going to take my back. It's going to darse me, of course, yeah. again. Yeah, Daniel, you hear that? No more darses. Those are off limits. Yeah. Illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, and then, uh, 
So it's it's a good option that that it's low risk, right? You're yeah. not risking a positive move, and then the um, repercussions are very negative. Mm-hmm. It's like if you miss on a slide by or something like, or an arm drag, uh, it's actually you're, you're not in that bad of a, a no, situation. No, no, you can pretty much just. 50 back to a yeah you, you kind of like do a little dance on each other yeah typically yeah i mean obviously there are you know counters like a maybe the best counter to a uh an arm drag is to get redragged where you arm drag them but they were already waiting so they yeah arm they drag arm you. drag you back that sucks very <laughs> embarrassing right but uh yeah so i don't even know how we got on that but uh we were just talking about wrestling that oh, like yeah. now if i do train mm. that i I have that talk with myself. Is it worth yes, yes. waking up tomorrow and possibly not being able to move? Mm-hmm. Do you do you have to show? Does your ego have to show that you can pick this guy up on your shoulder and yeah. smash him on the ground, or can you just use your other jujitsu yeah. and get to the same result and wake up in the morning? Yeah, you know what and, I mean. Yeah, and for people like, don't be afraid to say no to roles. Yeah, I don't care what belt you are, like. D- it, it one, it's our ego. Two, we don't want to look like a pussy. Uh, you know, screw all that. Like, live to fight another day. Yep. If you're, like, maybe there's a dude that's like a bruiser and you know you've rolled him before, you almost felt like you got hurt or something like that, you can say no. Or if you're exhausted, there's a good chance that's when you get hurt. Mm-hmm. Chris has taught us that, is uh, a podcast friend, is when you're fatigued, that's when injury happens. That's, and so if you're super fatigued, don't worry about doing the heavyweights and all that kind of stuff, whether it's working out or jujitsu. Like, you can say no and, like, yeah, maybe next time, dude. No one thinks you're a pussy. I mean, if they do, they're a douchebag. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, at the same time, let me put a little asterisk in there. Okay. If you're always avoiding the guys that are really hard, <laughs> You got to self-check yourself a little bit. Like, we've talked about it. You guys have Blue Belt Bob. Yep. He, he moved, right? Yeah. Yeah. He be- back to Canada. We have Casey. And I, I mentioned him on Greg's podcast. Has Kate, he came here before? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's come as a purple belt. He's He's got a red, he's redhead with a big beard. Uh, he's built like a brick shit house. Uh, he's he's he look he looks like Jordan actually. Okay, very similar. Wrestler, yes. Oh, okay. Twenty years wrestling, yep. CrossFit athlete. Fucking nightmares. Yes. Okay. Horrific. Um, he's uh, like our blue belt Bob basically. Okay. Yep. And um, so he gets one roll a month. That's all he gets. Yep. From me. Yep. Now I do get peer pressured in doing it more mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, but it's just. I'm fighting for my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And there's so much horsepower behind a guy like that that I just cannot. Uh, I'm 40 years old. I'm 39. I'll be 40 in a couple months. But I I can't do it. Yep. I can't do it. Yep. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Casey. But it's just, it's too much. And, and I don't feel shame in that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just one of those things where you, you got to feel comfortable enough to do it and if, if you're nervous. But at the same time, I do know I do need to roll with them. That's, with, the, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Is, is you being aware of, we can say no. Yeah. Right? Even guys like you. Like when I see guys like you, you're very, very in shape, very technical or Will or, or Greg or whatever. It's like, 
I I still get nervous when I go to gym, yeah, open mats and all that. And like, if I like, and I'll I'll be talking myself out of it. I'll be like, I'm not rolling with Tyler. Yep. Look at that gorilla. Man, no way. And sometimes I fall into that and I don't roll with you or I don't even ask or I don't ask Will. Um, but sometimes I'm like, because I'm saying no, I need it. Yeah, we should do it. Yeah. We should do it. And it's funny, too, because, well, I'm not a black belt yet. Mm-hmm. But in my, in my own journey, I can see. So when I was a white belt, I wanted the hardest rolls Every single time. I thought that, and partly because of Greg preaching it, like always pick the hard roles, right? Yeah. That's where you're going to grow. And so in my mind, it was that. Then by the time I got to a blue belt, I started thinking like, okay, so I'm picking the hard roles every time. And and I I purchased a John Danaher video Mm -hmm. of like escapes and pins or something like that. I can't... It was all defense. Right. And I fucking watched that thing <laughs> like every single day. Yeah. I would come home from work and I would watch at least one hour and then I'd come here. That got you through the intro. That got me through that, the intro. That the the, the eight DVDs <laughs> yeah. and five hours of each DVD. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, is that I started becoming very efficient at my defense, right? Mm-hmm. I started getting submitted a lot less. And I started learning how to not get pinned, yeah. which if I, if I wasn't getting pinned, then I still had mobility and I started learning some escapes. Yeah. That was like the thing. And I started, because I'm going with Daniel and all the people and I can see, I can literally count the submissions going down every mm-hmm. week, every week. However, because I never pick anyone who's even around the same level as me, yeah. I have no idea what it's like to hold someone in mount. Right. Or to be inside control and not get the not get regarded. Yeah. So then it was like, well, this is fucked. Yeah. Because I figured out how to not get choked out. Yeah. But I literally can't do anything yeah. now that I'm on top. Greg kept telling me to take people's backs. He's like, bro, get on someone's back and fucking strangle them. But you're still only rolling with Daniel and Will and these savages. And these people. So yeah. I'm not getting on their backs. Yeah. And then I get on, say like a, a white belt shows up mm-hmm. and I fucking manage to get on his back. And next thing you know, I'm on my back and they're in my guard. Yeah. Close yeah. guard. Because you couldn't hold it. Yeah. No, they just spin right out. Yeah. And I remember just being like, what the fuck <laughs> am I supposed to do? Right. And so now what I try and do, and I know that this is not, not everyone does this. Yeah. But in my opinion, death rolls are necessary, but not every single roll needs to be a death roll. Totally. Matter of fact, I don't think it should be a death, death yeah. roll. Every single roll of your life. The next thing for me is that I try, I try and do this. Like Friday is different because you have enough time to fucking roll with everyone mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. much. But on like a, a Monday or Wednesday yeah. where we have 30 minutes, I'll try and pick like one black belt. Yeah. I'll try and pick... One brown or purple belt, like around my level, mm-hmm. I'll pick a blue belt and I'll pick a white belt, sure. and I'll just pick one of, one of each. That's good. And on the white belt, I'm literally doing all of the things, like maybe move of the day. Mm-hmm. If it's a new sweep or something, I'm just yeah. trying to see how to for fucking sh- for sure. get it right. Yeah. Maybe on the blue belt, I'm doing it too, but I'm learning how he's defending, yeah. shucking it. Yeah. And on the the purple belt or the brown belt around my level. 
we're fucking going to war. Yeah. I have to it's have a my game. A game, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's like the hardest fight of all. It's That is the world championship for me. Right. Then when I go with Daniel, it's not that I'm not trying to beat him or Greg. I'm, yeah. a, I'm always trying to fucking win. Right. However, I'm also not delusional. Yeah. And I realize that I'm going to be defending a lot. Yeah. And that's keeping those skills that I learned back at White Belt and Blue Belt mm-hmm. at a... Yeah, keeps them sharp. Yeah. Right, because... If I only, I did for a little bit, only was like rolling with blue belts and white belts, mm-hmm. I thought it was fun to just whoop ass and never get my ass whooped. Sure, yeah. And then I realized that my defense, when I went back, I think it was one day Daniel, he's yeah. like, hey man, you want to roll? And it's like, okay, you know, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And he fucking camoras me three times right. and fucking arm bars me. And it's like, dude, I, w- I was rolling with you. And even though I was getting mauled for seven minutes, I was not getting submitted like this. Yeah. Well, it's because I neglected it. Yeah. So like you just said, it's, I would like to think, or I, sh- I shouldn't say I would like to think, I do think mm-hmm. sometimes it's just me sitting over on the bench having, I'm the only one with this internal dialogue, oh, right? Yeah, no. But you talk to every fucking person Everybody, and they all yeah. say the exact yep. same thing. Dude, I, I, I mean, just Greg the other day when I, I dropped in, I think that, not this Friday, but the Friday before, he said he was only rolling with the purple belts. He was like, I'm going to get as many purple belt rounds as I can. And he missed missed one or he ran out. Like, <clears throat> So he asked me to roll. And we had a slobber knocker. Okay, of death a, round. Uh, yeah, where like we started on like this half of the mat and then because <laughs> he was doing some close range passing but I was tying him up with lapel. Okay. Just frustrating the piss out of him. Yeah. And then he's like, once he got out of that, he was like, oh, I'm just going to throw this douchebag's <laughs> legs to the side and like go around, right? So outside passing. Yep. And at the higher levels, you're never going to just do it in one movement. You have to like chain like multiple, like boom, 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 side, 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 right. go. And that's when we were just like all over the place. People are, the, the seas Moving are parting. Out yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> um, there's, gorillas coming after me yeah um but that was same thing so you know where he's like okay i'm gonna go with some lower belts doesn't mean it's not easy right or it doesn't mean it's easy it's still gonna be tough rounds but he's gonna be able to work stuff and all that and then uh there was an opportunity so he went with uh, an upper a black belt right yeah. which, which was me and then so like i do similar to to both of you where I would say 70% of my rounds are with purple and under. Because mm-hmm. I'm typically, I'm often trying to uh, work new skills. Yeah. And I don't try those new skills on the brown and blacks until I have been able to do it on purple, blue, and even white. Um because if I try to do that, like something that I'm not good at and I'm, I'm just trying, I won't even get anywhere near right. the position on the black belts or brown belts. Yeah. I won't even get close. Yeah. So I will work the, uh, the beginning stages, middle stages, and then ending on the lower belts. And then, and usually I start at the, and usually I start at the blue belt because 
white belts, especially two stripe and under, yeah, they're gonna do such unorthodox stuff. Yeah, it, it doesn't even fucking work, dude. Like, or yeah. I shouldn't say it doesn't work, but it's like you can't use that as like a a um, gauge. Yeah, no, no, because no. they're doing crazy shit. Yeah, there was a guy actually here on two Fridays ago that it was his first day. I think he knows Rachel and stuff like that. Um, uh, and I asked him if he wanted to roll, and he, he was fine. It was his first day. Okay. Strong guy and all that. And I was, he was doing such weird stuff. He was strong and athletic to where I was like, I, I, w- I went for like a close guard arm bar and he just like, I don't know, he did the weirdest thing to get out of it. And I was like, I look like such a retard right <laughs> yeah, now. Like, right. He's making me look really like untechnical and bad. So I had to like catch myself and be like, just chill out. And like, sh- once again, shrink jujitsu down and then just worry about controlling. Cause he was flying all over the place. Like. Doing headstands, oh, wild, going fucking ape shit, ape shit, dude. And like, I was like trying to collar drag him and all that stuff, but he would like, yeah, it was it was weird. Um, but once again, that you know, that's an uneducated response, and it's a good road. I always go with noobs, yeah, like those like first day or second yeah. day or people, first week, whatever, because that's the closest to a self defense situation you're yes. gonna get. That's the best reminder of. If this happens outside of a facility like this, yeah. this is most likely what it's going to be. Yeah. It's so weird. You do like a half guard or something on them and, and their response to it. It's yeah. like, dude, you realize that you need an underhook if you're going to like <laughs> yeah. try and get yeah. out, right? Because I'll take your back. But it's like they f- do this yeah. way and this way and flip over and all of a sudden they're out. And you're like, how yeah. the fuck did you yeah. do that? You start taking their back and you can't. <laughs> you're like... I should, what? Yeah. In, in your brain, you're thinking, you don't know anything. I'm going to take your back because you don't have a wizard or nothing. And, but you can't because they're just doing the weirdest stuff. And they're going to go, everything's going to be 110% unless they're on the other end of the spectrum where they're too docile. Like right. they're too, you know, That happens too. Exactly. And that, that person needs jujitsu even more because they need to be able to have a trigger to ex- exert themselves and all that. But, uh, yeah, those those spazzy ones, they're going to go 110%. They're not going to breathe for 3 minutes at a time. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> big breath holds. They're going to hold like the weirdest stuff whether it's the big brother headlock or or whatever and 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 like I'll let them put me in like weird spots yeah. and and just be like, "Okay, now I got to get out." It's kind of dangerous sometimes, but that you have to know your own You know what you're doing though. Yeah, like yeah. you can f- you can feel when it's like, oh, yeah. no, this is starting to get fucked. We got to get yeah. out. Or I'm going to let you go a little bit further. But once you get that in, then we got to fight back yeah. because that's the. And I recommend even like, and that's a lot easier for advanced people, which I'd say is purple belt and up, where you kind of know like, oh, my shoulder's in a bad spot. Don't. This guy doesn't know that if he spaz to the left, it could rip my shoulder apart. So you can protect yourself. Right. But the lower belts, you know, the, the white and blue, that, that can be a little more difficult to gauge. But I still, I encourage everyone when a new person comes in, like, you're a two-stripe white belt, go for it, dude. Like, you need to feel that, one, you do know something more than when you first came in. Yep. Like, feel that. And also, if the person does crazy stuff and you don't feel like you destroyed them and you're a three-stripe white belt, that doesn't mean you're not a three-stripe white belt. Right. It just, you got a taste of, like, what uncontrolled opponent feels like and uh you can get better yeah <laughs> yeah because right? then i'll go with them and you'll see how i do with them and be like oh, okay like they do weird stuff and it's not pretty even though they're uneducated like it'll still be kind of a ugly role but 
you can keep them at bay much right. better. Right. You can calm it down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're coming up on an hour. We're going to take a break. We'll mm. come back, and I want to go over the the popularity of jujitsu mm. and how we how we got into it and how it's benefited our lives. Okay. Because for me personally, my life is exponentially different yeah. after training jujitsu yeah. than it was prior to ever having jujitsu. Yeah. And it seems that you share a, a similar story to that. Yeah, I definitely like. Yeah, I, I started liking men. Um, so that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> the men help us. Yeah. You know, be warriors. Yeah, exactly. So, cool. yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll be back. <laughs>